0: Thank you so much. All right. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. Thank you, ladies. That was awesome.. Yeah. I do not uh, pick out the special music, I do not uh, ask them to sing certain things. I mean, I possibly could one day, but I have never done that. And uh, the Lord works those things out sometimes. And that songs take a step, of, a step out on faith and, and all of that. That's awesome. Awesome, I love what God was doing this morning. kind of confirms some things in my heart, because this week I was going a different direction. and I was headed this way with my mind and this preparation and things, and some things took place later on in the week, and God changed my message. <laughs> and uh, gave me a brand new message, and uh, just praising God for it, and he just confirming that to listen to that special this morning. Hebrews chapter 11. My wife really wants to start a coffee shop at the church and call it Shebrews. What do you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Problem is, uh, we'd go broke, right, Mrs. Woolard? I'm too young to drink coffee. Anybody else like that? Some of us, praise God. God made wonderful things like water and Coke. It's awesome. I'm just having a great time. All right, moving on. Okay, fantastic. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 here. And thank you, Brother Williams, for for reading. Let's go to the Lord one more time, please. I I need his presence today. I need his power today. I'm just going to ask him to meet with us, please. Lord Jesus, thank you for your church. Thank you for your word. God, thank you for what you have given us already today. Heavenly Father, you have a will. You have a purpose. You have a plan. And I pray that, God, I would be empty of myself and, and where I am. Uh, what I my preparation and what I've been thinking, Lord, and I pray, God, now that as I'm empty, Lord, you would fill me. Holy Spirit of God, do your perfect work this morning. God, your way, your purpose, your plan. We want that. And God, we ask you to preach what you want and and, and lead the way. And God, may we be may we do right this morning and respond accordingly. Help us now, please. We need you. And I love you, Lord, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we're reading about Abraham. Anybody uh, been, been found along in their, in their reading program? Or perhaps you got a, you got a reading plan out for here in the foyer. Or maybe you're listening to it on your phone or whatnot. And I've been uh, reading a lot about Abraham lately. A lot about Abraham. As you know, uh, I, I like the plan that I read uh, a little bit in the Old Testament and a little bit of the books of poetry and a little bit in the New Testament. And I do that as I go through the Bible. And so I'm not going through the Old Testament as fast as some of you that would be reading three and four chapters a day, just going straight through. And so I've been a lot in reading about Abraham a lot lately. And uh, here in Hebrews 11, uh, God just gives us some great details about how Abraham lived and he walked in faith. Now I know I've preached a couple messages already about faith here recently. Not last Sunday morning but the two before that. Preaching about faith. And it's easy to say okay, we've heard this. Okay, the Bible talks about faith. That's a good word. That's a fundamental word really for all of us that believe. But let's, let's take the what I know, what, I, what's, what, what, I think, what I'm thinking already when the preacher says I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about faith today and let's put that aside and let's let the Holy Spirit teach us what's practical and how to be real in this area of faith because that's what he's put on my heart this morning and he's trying to teach me to grow and, and be full of faith and we say faithful but it really means full of faith Faithful every day to be full of faith. Because that's the way I'm going to please my God. And so as we consider Abraham here, you know what God told him? He said, God told Abraham, leave your home. Leave your daddy's house. Leave where you know, known. Leave your, what you're comfortable, uh, where you've been comfortable. I want you to leave there and I want you to go to a country that you don't know. I want you to go to a place that you've never, never been and I want you to go to a country you don't know and and I'm going to lead you and I'm going to guide you you just trust me amen there's been a few others that have done that even out of this church but Abraham had to step out on faith and say God I don't know where I'm going I don't know what I'm doing but I trust you and he took that that first step of faith the Bible says in verse 8 here that he obeyed he went out not knowing whether he went Then God said, I want you to be a stranger in this land. Your people aren't from this land. I want you to be in this land and you're going to be a stranger. You're going to dwell in tents. You and your son and your grandson, you're going to dwell in tents. You're not going to plant your roots until I tell you. Just trust me. Follow me. And so he did. The Bible says in verse 10, For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He went somewhere believing that God was going to show him something much greater. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for a city. Looking for a city where we'll never die. Come on. Amen. Get a little excited today. We're going to heaven. At least you are if you're saved. Amen. And if you're not, well, get saved. Come on with us. Come on. Amen. That's what I'm supposed to be. So a, that straight and narrow way I didn't even mean to preach this but everybody's going this way and no big wide path and I'm going this way squeezing between them I'm supposed to take somebody with me right come on the water's fine amen sure it's good to, to know the Lord and to live with, live with him and for him amen it's not a facade it's not fake my, my Lord is no Santa Claus you understand what I'm saying He's not somebody we think about once a year and write a letter to. No, I'm talking about every single day. I'm talking to him, he's talking to me, and we live in faith. I live in faith, trusting him. Just like Abraham here. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to be this way. That's why God gave us these examples of the Old Testament. Alright? And uh, God said, I'm gonna, Abraham, I'm going to give you a child in your old age. He says, you and your wife, I'm going to give you a child in your old age. And, of course, they doubted a little bit. They weren't sure about all that. They didn't understand all that. But God gave him a child. Gave him Isaac. Amen? And then God, God tells him, Abraham, I know I promised to make of you a great nation. I know I told you I'd make of you something great. But I want you to give your only begotten son back to me. I want you to sacrifice him to me. What a day. Whew. Can you imagine that? But he had watched God work as he stepped out on faith. These little steps, these beginning steps of stepping out on faith. And he said, God's always fulfilled His promise to me. He's not left me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not over here uh, by myself in some land that I don't know. God has been faithful all along the way. So i got to just keep trusting Him. And though I don't understand this, He promised me that he would make of me a great nation. Means my seed would flourish. Means my children. So here he is about to give his only begotten son. Consider what the scripture says. Look at this now. As, uh, as uh, down here in, in, verse, in chapter 11. Look what it says here. Verse 17. By faith Abraham... Verse 17 of chapter 11. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Verse 19. Look at this now. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead. Listen, nobody had been raised from the dead yet. That wasn't a thing. Nobody had seen that on earth at this point. At least it's not recorded in Scripture yet. And we know on this side of things, far far in the future from this, we know that Jesus can do that because he did it himself. But Abraham hadn't seen that yet. But he said, God told me he was going to do something great with my children. He's going to go through Isaac, that promised son of my old age. And he's going to make of me a great nation. And now he wants me to sacrifice him like an animal that I would give to God. And I don't understand that. But I have to believe, because he's never let me down, not even once. I have to believe that even in this, he could raise him from the dead. And so he was faithful, and he did. Amen and amen. Bible says in Romans chapter 4, it says, For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Remember that first verse of chapter 11? We've read it the last, uh, the last couple messages I preached on faith. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And as I told you this a couple times, I asked God to help me make, that, make sense of that to me. I'm trying to understand that, trying to make sense of it. And God told me, I know it's real, and I'm waiting to see it. Remember Abraham looking for a city? I know it's real, and I'm waiting to see it. Amen? It'll be a happy reunion day. My grandma's up there. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to go see her again. It's been a long time. Very sweet lady died when I was a little boy, and i don 't have a whole lot of memory about her, but I know she was sweet and i remember I remember her face and i 'm looking forward to seeing her again i 'm looking forward to that so many others that we have known that have gone on uh, I, I, Pastor Don won 't be great to see Pastor Don amen mrs smith I, I only had an opportunity to shake his hand one time i didn 't really get to know him, uh, but praise the Lord' I'm get up there and uh Talk to him about the church here. Amen? Pastor Pastor Don, thank you for all you did. Thank you for being that great stepping stone that this church could really grow and do some great things for God. Amen? That's what what he would want. Amen? Now, go with me, if you would, back to Genesis chapter 22. Back to Genesis 22. This This is the chapter here of Abraham offering Isaac. And as I said, I've been been reading about Abraham a lot in recent days, and thinking about that, and stirring in my heart a little bit. And that's my own personal Bible reading, but God brings out things when you when you're in His Word, and brings some things out. God preaches to me regularly out of His Word, and, and I enjoy that. And, uh, and sometimes He gives me something that I can that I can uh, use for a message. And and I was just thinking about this chapter twenty two here of Abraham offering Isaac. He was a man of faith. Now, again, let's come away from, I've heard that. Yeah, we've, we've heard that. We've, this story's been preached. This, this account of Abraham offering Isaac's been preached. Let's come away from that and let's say, God, show me how this is real and practical in my life. May it not just be a story in some storybook, but may it be practical for me today. Help me, Lord. Amen? maybe you take a moment, just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me and help me. I didn't come to church for no reason. came to church to worship the Lord and to, to hear from Him. Lord, speak to me. Give me something from Your Word today. Give me something from Your Word. Let's look at the Scripture here as we go through it. Look at verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. See that? I don't know about you. In my Bible, I underline things that were the Lord speaking to me. I underlined, I and the lad and come again to you. Abraham believed even then that God was going to save his son from this from from this death or that he was going to raise him from the dead. We already read that in Ab- in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. But he believed it, verse 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon uh, upon Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and the knife and a knife and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father. Can you imagine this conversation right here? Some of you know what's coming. Look what he says. And, and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father? He said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? I, I don't know. I'm a very visual person. I picture this going on. I can picture him climbing the mountain. Okay, many of you in here have climbed mountains. I've done it a lot. <laughs> I did it as a boy. I can I can just picture going up that hill, and, and Isaac's got this big bundle of wood on his back. He's carrying right, or or somehow he's 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 doing it somehow. Either like this, or behind him, or something. Papers flying all over the place. Amen. And uh, and I can see him climbing up the hill, and he looks back at his daddy. And he's like, fire and wood. Well, what are we gonna? What are we going to put on the altar? What are we going to sacrifice? You can see the, the, conf- the, the conflict in him. You can see the, the, the struggle. He's thinking about this. Whether, whether he's a teenager at this point or whether he's a young, man, young adult, we don't really know exactly. But we do know he's younger. We do know Abraham is, is an older man. Wasn't Abraham 100 years old when Isaac was born? Abraham's up in years here and his son could easily take him over. What, you, you're going to do what? Come, come again, right? As, uh, as one guy, uh, George, on the Christmas movie, say that again in my good ear, right? Come again. Look what, look what the Bible says. This is amazing. Look at this. And Abraham said, verse 8, watch this now. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. When I saw this, I just, I said, wait a minute. Look what God did. Why didn't, why didn't he say, God will provide a lamb for himself? Why didn't he say that? Notice what he says here. God will provide himself. God will provide himself a lamb. Man, when I saw that, I was jumping around in my office going, Woo! Man, look at even, there's prophetic right there. God knew, he knew what he was going to do. And he says, Abraham, just trust me. I'm painting a picture for everybody to see. Because there's coming a day when it's going to be my only begotten son. And he is that spotless lamb that I will offer up on that old rugged tree, that cross that was meant for torture and death. I'm going to allow him to take that and pay the price for everybody's sin. For the whole world. And he knew it was coming. He says, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Look at verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there. Literally, they would gather stones. Okay, this area was in the mountains and it was rocky. And they would gr- gather stones together and they would build an altar. A raised, a raised platform here in which to lay a sacrificial uh, offering on a, an animal that they would kill. And uh, literally, just like Jesus Christ on the cross, would literally shed the blood of the animal and show that the life was given. And then would burn it before the Lord. It was not something great and pleasant. But it was necessary as a picture of Jesus Christ. It was important. Okay. And so as we consider this. Uh, verse number, look at verse number 9 again. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there. And laid the wood in order. And bound Isaac his son. And laid him on the altar upon the wood. Uh, Dead. I thought you said God's going to provide himself a lamb. Yes, I did say that, son. Trust me. Now, I think, I, I'd like to believe I have my children's trust, but I can see Jethro going, um, are you, is your sugar low? <laughs> that, that's a conversation between Jethro and I, and we understand that, okay? Uh, we're both diabetics. And, and, uh, and, and so he'd say, Daddy, you need, need me get you a Coke? We need some Smarties. We don't, have, we don't see conversation. We don't know what Isaac was saying or what he was thinking. But it's not recorded here. It looks as if he was trusting his father because his father had taught him that God would be faithful. Bible says here, verse 10, And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son unto me. Can you see it? He's got his hand stretched forth, literally like he's about ready to take the knife and, 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 and literally pour the blood out. That's what would happen there. I know it, it's not very pleasant, but this is what was necessary. And the knife would then allow the blood to pour out. And Abraham's got his, his, his arm out ready to do the deed. And whew, I don't know if that's what he said, but that's what I'd say. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I knew you're faithful, but man, it was right there at the last moment, wasn't it? Wasn't it, Brother George? Last moment there. He's got his hand stretched forth. And uh, notice here where the rest of it says in verse 13 And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and beheld behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. What's the deal with the ram? I thought it was supposed to be a lamb, like a spotless lamb. What's the deal with a ram? Well, well lambs, a ram is obviously a male sheep. Okay? As they grow older, their horns get big. And, 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 and we're used to think about a ram with these big massive horns coming out and how they, how they curl around and all that. A lamb, you, you know that a, a ram is a male sheep, right? And a, is a, a ewe is a female sheep. And a lamb is either male or female. But here, God specifically says ram as in this prophetic picture that it would be a male son here. This is not by accident. This is not, I used to kind of get confused with that. God, why would you use a ram here? Why didn't you use a little spotless lamb? It was, and I believe he's, he's laying out a picture here. It's going to be my only begotten son. And just in case you're wondering, it is a male. It is my son. In other words, it's me. Because we know Jesus Christ and God the Father are one. We understand that. And he says here, verse 14, And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Now God gives us the definition there, and I want you to see it again. Jehovah-Jireh. That's important. As it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Now, I looked up Jehovah Jireh anyway, just to check it out here. And literally, word for word, it means Jehovah. That's the name of God. That's what uh, the, the, the Hebrews called the Lord there, Jehovah, the everlasting one, the eternal God. And it, and it says, Jireh means we'll see to it. We'll see to it. Jehovah will see to it. In other words, son, God's going to provide himself a lamb. Jehovah will see to it. You know what that means? God will provide. God will provide for you and He'll provide for me. He's promised to do that and He's going to do it. He didn't didn't just say nonchalant and, and, and just off the cuff, not mean it when He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And he's talking about food and clothing, provision for men of God who who stretch out and and seek out to serve him and put him first. I try to stress this. Young people, I try to stress this. I believe you ought to give God the first fruits of your life. I believe if you're going to college, go to Bible college, give him the first year of your life. Why? Say, God, you show me if you want what you want me to do. And I'll go and I'll get a foundation. The first year of Bible college is a foundation in the word of God. It's Bible, uh, it's studying the Scripture, Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, and get grounded in the Word from a a college level and say, Lord, show me this first year, you show me what you want me to do in my life. And God, if you don't want me in your service and you don't want me to preach the Word or you don't want me to be in ministry somewhere, then Lord, I'll know and I can go somewhere else and I'll be faithful as a layperson serving God. I believe in giving God the first fruits of, of your life. I believe in that strongly. That's why the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I believe moms and dad ought to do that. Amen? Before you take a job, before you change your, your, where you're at and your location and what you're doing, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Lord, show me in your word. Show me, give me, give me uh, direction what is right and what is wrong for me and my family. And teach me. I'm going to seek counsel and I'm going to ask, uh, ask the Lord to speak through the counselors because in the multitude of counselors there is safety, the Bible says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. What a victorious day for Abraham and Isaac. What a victorious day for all of us. Because this was the picture that God would do the very same thing for you and me. It's not that Jesus Christ was about to be nailed to the cross and there was something in the the thicket. No, He was that Lamb. He was that Lamb for you and I. God provided so that you didn't have to die and go to hell. He gave a sacrifice, a substitutionary sacrifice for you and for me. Woo! Woo! So you didn't have to die and go to hell. Now listen now. Listen now. He did the work. He paid the price. He gave the gift. But a gift left on the doorstep doesn't do anybody any good. It can be wrapped up and all pretty and looking good and all desirable and everything. But if you leave it on the doorstep and never receive it, it doesn't do anybody any good. What I'm saying is you need to be saved. Jesus paid the price and he made it possible, and then 3 days later when he rose from the dead, he said, "It's it all it, this is how it's going to work. I'm not dead in the ground. I'm not like any ever all these other guys people chase. I am the one true God and I'm alive." And I'll go and sit on the right hand of the Father and I'll intercede on your behalf. And he said, but don't worry. I'm leaving, but I'm going to give you the comforter, the Holy Spirit of God, that when you accept my free gift, the Holy Spirit of God will dwell within you. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. Now, Abraham had great faith here. Had great faith. Practical faith in his daily decisions here. He believed God, and God said, I'll count it to you for righteousness because you have faith in me. You were willing to give your only begotten Son like I am, and I'll believe you. How does that make sense for you and I? How are we to live in faith like Abraham did? First of all, you live in faith by getting saved. Step out in faith and say, I need, I need Jesus Christ. The Bible says that my sins are going to take me to hell. Wages of sin is death. That's why Jesus died. He didn't just die a nice little pleasant death and boom, it was over and all done. The Bible says he died and he descended into the lower parts of the earth. What that means is Jesus Christ died and went to hell. He paid the price physically and spiritually for you. But praise God that victory that the Father gave him when he raised him from the dead. Woo! And all those other people that are waiting for him to die on the cross. The Bible says he led captivity captive. Come on. Then he sent it into heaven and he took he took his blood and he sprinkled it on that mercy seat of God because God had to see blood life that was given to give forgiveness of sin. To give that where sin was scarlet, it's what now white as snow. Praise God for the truth of the scriptures. Now, here it is. You have faith to step out and get saved. You also got to have faith to be obedient to God. There's folks in here, you're being saved, but you've never been baptized. It's time to step out on faith and say, God, I believe your word, and it says I need to get baptized. And I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to come out in an invitation, step out in faith. I'm going, to take, I'm going to go in the waters of baptism and get this thing taken care of. Because God's asked me to do it, I'm going to do it. You understand in here, most of you, that baptism doesn't save you. It's a picture just like Abraham and Isaac here. was a picture of Jesus Christ to come. Baptism is a picture of what he's done in the past. What he's already done. What he did when he died on the cross. What he did when he saved your soul. Amen? Amen. And we ought to. It's the first step of obedience. You can't grow as a Christian. They didn't, didn't Jesus Christ say you must be born again? Can you say that? That means we're brand new babies in Christ. And a baby's got to grow. Praise God, you're not laying on the street going like this. You, you were able to grow, right? And you learn to eat, and learn to provide for yourself, and learn to clothe yourself, and learn to live. And you grew. The same thing with Christianity. You got to grow. Step out in faith and grow. That first step of obedience is the waters of baptism. You know, what, you know what the next thing is? Join the church. Join the church. Because that's what Christ told us to do in His Word. Why, why did He start the church? To give us a place to continue to grow. Amen? Amen. Now here it is, church family. Many of us in here have been saved a while and been baptized, been part of the church a long time. But it's, it's still for us to live in faith. This week I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you a little story before we get done here. Tell you what happened this week, Brother Martini. It's pretty exciting stuff, wasn't it? Yes, pretty exciting. As I was telling you I was headed a whole different direction in the message, and then God started changing some things later on in the week. Hey, man, can you show that first picture up there, please? Look at that. Isn't that cool? Now it looks like buses going down the road. You say that's no big deal, right? Mrs. Newman's down here, like yeah, I see that every day. Right? Come on now. It's pretty cool when the name on them says Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church. Woo! It doesn't say it on there yet. But I mean, on the title it's going to say that because I signed it. Amen. Bless God. Three brand new, not brand new, new buses to us. Praise God. Now let me tell you what happened here. This is awesome. Okay, this last year, for for at least a year, Brother Martini has uh, been searching and searching and searching for buses. Now, we're, we're a church. Obviously, we're not going to go out and buy a brand new $30,000, $50,000, $60,000, whatever they are now, $125,000, $82,000 bus, okay? They're expensive. We're not going to go out and buy a brand new bus, right? I mean, Brother Williams is willing to, you know, no, just, all right. we like him too much, all right. Uh, we're not going to buy a brand new bus. But what we do is we search around for used buses that are going to last us, that are adequate. But we also don't want to go out and spend 20000 on a bus either because we've got to be careful. We've got to use our money wisely. Right? So he's searching around for buses. Lord, show us the ones that are for us. We've got to replace some of our buses down there so we can keep bringing the kids to church and bringing the families to church. But we also need to grow. We also need to grow. It's exciting to have three new buses. Did you see him out there when he came up the, track, uh, up the path? You look over to the right-hand side and saw those shining beauties over there? Amen? Praise God, soon they're going to be red, white, and blue. Woo! Amen! Come on, Brother Shank. Amen. We'll let you ride on them. Come on. That'll be all right. We'll buckle you down on top so you can wave at everybody. All right? But listen, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Last year, we were holding out on a place that promised us some buses. They said, yeah, we've got some buses for you, and we're here soon. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to put them up for sale, and you, you, can, you can come get them. We were holding out for that for a long time weren't we two months turned into six months turned into eight months turned into ten months turned to it just kept going Well, martini said pastor what you want to do i mean this was a this is a great contact we're trying to get cheap buses they were cheaper than all the rest and and uh, yet they were going to be in uh, adequate buses and all this and so I said, well, let's start looking everywhere, everywhere else. So we, we were looking up somewhere in Pennsylvania. This was the western part of the state he was looking originally. So we started looking, and Pennsylvania had a nice contact, and, and there was going to be some buses. And these ones looked really good, and they were just a little bit slightly more expensive. And, uh, and this is how it was going to be. And so I said, okay, let's just go. Let's go look at them. Wouldn't you know it? He planned on it. He talked to him. We had already scheduled to take guys up there. And was it, uh, was it Wednesday night or something? Wednesday, found out they sold them right out from underneath us. I don't know why that happened, but God does. Well, I, knew, I know now why, but, uh, but God does. And everything's not going right. We've been waiting and we've been waiting and we've been waiting and now this thing's falling through and now this thing's falling through and, and, uh, and all this, it seems like we're, we're taking one step forward and 15 steps backwards and it's just, Lord, help us. So then a bunch more searching and found a place down in Virginia. This place has got 20, 25 buses on the lot. Brother Martini says, Pastor, here's a whole list of them and here's their prices and all this. And I said, okay. <laughs> I was looking at the prices. and going along here and okay, well maybe these bottom few, maybe we can look at those, right? And so we, uh, we gather a group of men and we go down we are looking at these and at the beginning of the day, beginning of the day I said, "Lord, if we could get three buses, I'm asking you, Lord, if we could have three buses for under 11,000, that'd be awesome." I Said, "Lord, if we could get three buses under 11,000, I'm asking you for that. Praying for that. Would you give them to us under 11,000?" Some of these guys I was going with, they thought it was nuts, all right? They're like, "What?" Now you know, Pastor. If it goes over eleven thousand, I mean, like, you know, eleven oh one and fifty cents, can we still come home with them? (laughs) Bless God. Have faith. Amen. Amen. So we go down there, and uh, we get down there, and we're looking at these buses. And I'm, here's what I'm being told. I'm being told, this guy won't bargain. Brother Shank, this guy won't bargain. He won't do nothing. He won't bring anything down. He's, he's just one of those guys. He won't move at all, at all. He won't move. He won't move. He won't move. So we start looking at all the buses and we go through and, and uh, we, find, we find five, six of them that we like. And we're marking them down on the sheet and looking at this. Okay, so let's go get the guy and let's get him started and let's, let's look these over. And so we start looking them over. And the first three that we came across, they were they were almost identical, almost the same year. It was it two thousand three or two thousand two thousand four, and and got decent mileage on them, and uh, and and decent pricing. They were the, remember the bottom of the list, right, Ben? They were the bottom of the list, Amen. And uh, and so we're we're praying about this, and we're looking at them, and then we go on to the next the next ones up, right? The next the next level up. And we're starting to look at them. We're, okay, maybe we can do this, whatnot. And uh, how do you know what bus to, to to buy? How do you know? I mean, you're looking at these things. They're, they're all over 200,000 miles, right? But they're big diesel engines. Those things last for a long, long time. And you're looking at them and you're saying, well, this one's got good-looking seats and tinted windows. Now, of course, you know, we're... We're smelling the oil and we're checking all that stuff, checking for water in the oil and all that. And we're looking at this. We're looking at the tires. Some of them had bald tires on them and, and bus tires, five, four to $500 these days. And others of them had decent tires on it and all this stuff. So we come down to five of them we were looking at, five or six of them. And, uh, and so we start looking at it And we're, looking, we're talking around and we're saying, these first three, they're looking real good. We like these. Praise God, they're the cheapest. But we like them. Amen. And uh, I didn't know what was going on. But Bill Sittinger behind the scenes was working. Right? He goes over to this guy and he's like, ninety-five. Ninety five hundred. I didn't know what was going on, right? And uh God says, Well I gotta call the boss. Call up the boss, right? And the Boss says, Absolutely not. Well you knucklehead. Amen. Okay. So, all right. And uh, find this out well, Brother Martini and I are over here and we're going, are these going to be the right ones? Because we, we don't want to be taking the buses and they break down next week. You understand what I'm saying? We don't want to, you know, have to pull one of them home. How do we know which one to buy? So Brother Martini just and I, we just stepped over to the side real quick and said, Lord, we need you. We need buses for pick up kids, moms and dads to come to church. I believe this brings you glory. It's been, Jenna does had a bus ministry a long time. We've got some that we need to replace. We need to grow. And Lord, I believe this glorifies you. Would you show us the way? And I said, Lord, we believe these three buses would, would suit us, but we're just men. And Lord, would you show us by letting us have these buses for $10,000 or less? These three right here. Did we not? Prayed that. It was an act of faith. I said, Lord, show me. And I'll know that if there are 10,000 or less, that these are the buses you want us to have. I believe it. So we went down there to the office, and the the big man, he's sitting in the chair. Finally, he got off the phone, and I said, I said, look, my name is Pastor John Woolard, and I've come to buy some buses to pick up kids for Jesus Christ. And I think you I th- I'd like you to give us these three buses for $10,000. He starts chuckling a little bit. <laughs> he said, do what? I said, my name is Pastor John Woolard. <laughs> and I've come to buy the buses to pick up kids for Jesus Christ. And I think you need to sell them to us, three buses for $10,000. He, st- he goes, I just told the guy in the back 9,600. And I said, hey, 96 sounds great. We'll take them. <laughs> now listen, listen. Simple, small faith. And God showed himself strong. That's not the best part. We look, Obviously, these buses, God's going to be glorified with them. It's awesome. We love it. They've got almost brand new tires on them. Literally, I mean, literally, one tire is four to five hundred dollars for a bus. Then one of the buses needed needed new batteries in it, and Brother Martini, they have three each, do they not? Three each, and they took one of the buses and they replaced all three batteries, brand new batteries, in one of the buses. 100, 150 to two hundred dollars for one battery. Listen here, ninety six hundred dollars. We got three buses where we would, with brand new, with almost new tires and, and three brand new batteries, where normally if we had to go out and buy tires and batteries on our own, we would have spent almost that much. In other words, God just gave us buses. Woo! Praise God for it. Oh, they're already cycling through the pictures. Look at those beauties sitting over there on the block. Amen. Real soon they're going to be painted up and praise God and seeing new, new kids coming for Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God for it. Listen here. We can live in faith every single day. If we just believe and trust the Lord that He's not done with us. And that He's going to deliver on His promises. Mrs. Smith, I've already told this story. But I became uh, the pastor here, right? And I had a lot of holes to fill in the school last year. And we're celebrating 50 years of having an MCA uh, right here in this place and, and do wonderful things, wonderful heritage. And I said, Lord, you can't be done with us yet. But there's a lot of holes to fill. And we start going through the spring and start going into the summer. And I'm saying, Lord, we still got a lot of holes to fill. And I don't know if you've ever been here or not, but I was reminding the Lord of what he already knew. <laughs> I said, God, you're not done with MCA yet. There is no way. This place has been going to go on for a long time. And I know you're in it. And I know you're not going to shut the doors now. You've not come back yet, so we've got more to do for you. And Lord, I'm going to trust you that you're going to give us the teachers and the staff that we need to keep going in the 51st year. I believe you, and I trust you. And I kept telling him that. I said, Lord, you're not going to shut the doors yet. You're not going to do it yet. You're not going to do it. You know when we got our last teacher? The week before teacher orientation. And God showed himself strong. Because we stepped out in faith and said, God, I believe you're going to do it. And I'm trusting you. Where's our faith in our practical life in 2023 right now? Where's the faith? I'm not trying to up here to toot Brother Martini's horn or my horn or whatnot. I'm just talking, giving you some examples of how good God is and how really He is. Now, our theme this year is a rise and shine. Guys, you want to put that back up on the screen for me? A rise and shine. That's our screen. All right? The Bible says in Isaiah... Chapter 60, verse 1. He says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And I preached last Sunday night about our theme this year. What do we need to do to shine? God's already promised us if you would just arise. Thy light has come. And where's it coming from? It's the glory of the Lord that's risen upon you. Amen? It's time to arise and shine. If you want to shine for the Lord Jesus Christ as he promised you that you will, then you need to arise. Listen here. There's somebody in here this morning who needs to get saved. You know what you need to do? You need to arise, take a step of faith and come forward and say, show me how to get saved. Show me. In just a moment, I'm going to have an invitation. That means I'm going to invite you. Heads are bowed. Eyes are going to be closed in just a moment. And and I'm going to ask you, would you come to receive Christ as your Savior? And we'll have a man take a man, and a woman take a woman, show you in the Bible how you can be saved. Simple faith. Jesus said, Come to me like a child. Just believe and ask. Some of us in here, you're saved, but you've never taken a, you've never taken a step of obedience, you never moved past that. It's time. Arise and shine for God's glory. Let's take that first step of obedience and let's grow in our faith. Amen? Because God asks us to, we're going to be faithful. Some of the others in here, you've been past that and now you're trying to grow. God's opening some doors in your life. It's time to arise and shine for His glory. Amen. Don't go with the flow. Don't follow your heart. The Bible tells us not to do that. Have faith. Be obedient to God. Say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And you're going to shine upon me. Arise and shine. It's time. I know it's real. And I'm waiting to see it. I know it's real. And I'm waiting to see it. Let's bow together. Lord, help us now today. There's folks in here that need to make decisions. God, there's folks in here that need to make decisions for you. They're down to the moment of trying to figure out, Lord, what you want for their lives. God's will upon my life. Lord, I remember when I came here. And God, how do I know that uprooting my family and changing states and changing our whole lives, Lord, that this is what you want? Everything will be different. But God, you open a door and I have to go through it in faith, praying for you to shut that door if it's not right. Lord, sometimes doors of opportunity open that the devil's opened or might be a way for him to distract us. Lord, a work opportunity, a money-making opportunity, even a, a different ministry opportunity. But God, if it's not your will, it's, we're not going to be blessed by that. And I pray, God, that you'd help us all to understand that we need to walk through doors in faith, asking you to close them if they're not right for us. Lord, I remember the whole process of coming here is to be the pastor. And every door that, you, that was opening, and Lord, i praying for each one to be closed if it wasn't the right door for us. And yet, God, you just kept opening them and opening them and opening them and opening them. Green lights all the way. I pray that, Lord, all of us would have faith today to step out to arise and shine and be what we ought to be in 23. Lord, help us now. Help that one that needs to get saved. Help those that need to step out and grow in their faith. And help, Lord, those ones that have been saved for a while that need to make some decisions for you. Lord, to confirm in their hearts... Step out in faith and trust you. Help us now, please. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.